Assalamu alaikum, this is Maliha Mahmoud. Welcome to Muslim Health Talk, a place to discuss natural ways of healing and health and wellness and finding that balance that the Prophet wasallam so beautifully um, provided for us. Episode number three. Hey moms out there. Hope everything's going well with you on your days of struggles and running around with your kids. I know it can be very, very daunting and um, there can be a lot of things just to get done. So I feel your pain. Today, I'd like to talk about something that concerns all of us. Um, anyone who has kids, anyone whose children are growing as all of ours are and changing and becoming a totally different person that we sometimes don't know how to handle. I sometimes look at my children and wonder how they've become the way they are. They were so innocent and sweet. And I realized that um, having them when they're young is such a blessing. I mean, I know it's physically painful and tiresome, but oh, how much nicer it is to keep them that way. So when I look at moms that have little kids, I tell them, please enjoy the time you have with them because... Even though you may think it's so difficult, um, at least physically you're, you're, you're physically tired, but you're not mentally or emotionally drained out. And so enjoy the time where they're little, take a lot of pictures and just enjoy their presence. So today I want to speak about something kind of serious that I've been um, pondering about a lot. And... It's an issue we all go through as our children get older. I mean, we're usually confused to see our kids. I am when I pick up my daughter from a class uh, who's only nine or when I pick up my son from a soccer practice um, who's, who's a teen and they refuse to even acknowledge, you know, and say hello or even just be nice and, and uh, you know, say hello and say something nice. And so it hurts me. It really does. So, I mean, my daughter refuses to share the experiences of her day and show any interest in me. Instead, she reaches over and starts to text her friend who has, she has been spending her whole day. This, of course, really, really bothers me. Because I remember a time not so long ago that she used to jump in the car and give me a hug and tell me all about her day and what had happened to her, what, what she had gone through. She was such a sweet little girl. And I'm wondering what happened to that sweet little girl. And so I wanted to ask you guys, what happens to you when you see your child who is uncooperative, disrespectful, and refuses to even communicate with you? I mean, I feel confused. I, I question my competence. Um, you know, I wonder if I've done something wrong. And then when I see other moms or parents getting along real nicely with their with their children, I wonder, is there something I'm lacking as a parent? Maybe I'm lacking some sort of parenting skills. Of course, like many moms, I dive into the parenting books. I start to attend some workshops led by experts, so-called experts, who will give me some secrets to how to get my kids to listen, how to get my teen to um, clean their room and do their chores, and maybe the secrets in getting my child to sit still in class and focus. And you guys know all of these how-to books, there's so many of them. 
we we usually perceive parenting as if it's a set of skills to be learned and when I get stuck in that mindset of learning a skill to parent my child, it's kind of hard to think any other way or believe there's any other solution. So what do you guys do when your children don't behave the way you want them to or learn the way they're supposed to? I usually take the approach of thinking that maybe there's a behavior issue here. Um, when I read those books, I learn the skills. I try to implement them the best that I can, and I still find there's something missing. It, then I begin to search to see maybe there's something amiss with my child, there's something wrong with my child, because I don't know how to figure them out. So I look at, I guess I look for labels to see if there are certain books that will teach about um, my specific type of child. Maybe she's a spirited child, maybe she's a sensitive child, maybe she's just one of those difficult children that I have to deal with. And these type of books on kids, different types of kids, didn't really help yet again. They didn't really give me a solution on how to figure out my kids or how to talk to my child or how to be able to communicate with them better. So of course, the next approach I took was to speak to a professional, but I didn't think of t talking to his my son's pediatrician until after I was given a label from somebody about my child. I had put my son in a summer program, some a program that he had chosen for about a month or so. And he was so excited, and I was excited too, because I'd have a few hours away, and he would be happy, and we'd come back together and reunite, and everything would be wonderful instead of having each other in our faces all day long. Sadly, though, a week into the program, the teacher came or called me to pick him up and labeled my child a behavior issue, a behavior label, and I was a bit taken aback. I understand my child is active, my child speaks his mind, um, but labeling him, I wonder if teachers have the ability or the expertise to even label a child before assessing them. Is that even allowed? I brought up this concern with his pediatrician and he also threw so many different acronyms that I've never heard of. The professionals usually um, give your child a behavior label, which means that they search for a medical name for the, your child's behavior. The experts diagnose your child as having all sorts of, um, a host of different labels such as attention deficit disorder or oppositional defiant disorder or God knows what else. These diagnoses may remove the blame from me as a parent and it will absolve the child, my child, of the behavior, but it only goes towards the solution of medicating him. When I did some research, I found that millions of children are labeled each year. Over three million children receive stimulant medication. These antipsychotic meds are prescribed not to control psychosis because we all know that our children are not diagnosed psychotic. They are prescribed to control their behavior. And we don't even know what the long-term effect of these meds will have on our children. There are no studies on them. I'm not against medication. I feel prescription meds have and can help certain individuals, but not all. When I think about um, the 
the solutions that the books give us on how to deal with our children um, when they misbehave, when they don't listen to us, when they act out, when they are loud, when they are uncooperative, I realize that they tell us that we should isolate them, put them in timeout, send them to their room uh, if they're a teenager, and I'm not sure if that's a good solution. When my toddler used to misbehave and act out, I would think, at first I would get angry, of course, because I thought, why isn't he listening? And I would just get frustrated. It wasn't because I was angry. It was more I was tired and frustrated. And I would try the timeout, but it would never work. It would actually backfire and he would be even more persistent. Then I realized, no, people don't know my child. I do. The preschool teacher has no clue of who he is, what type of sweet um, warm and gentle child that he is and sensitive to. So I started just giving him hugs and trying to be on his level and try to understand him. And I got more out of that than isolating him and putting him somewhere else. And, you know, in, in Islam, they never teach you to isolate a child or put him far away or anything. It's more just show him compassion, just show the child mercy, just give him more love to bring him out of his shell or in his confusion. And when we also think about sending our teen to their room, are we really doing what's what's important? It, does our teen really need to be in his room by himself when he has done something wrong? Or is it better to speak to them or try to figure things out? I know it's difficult when they're loud, but when we isolate our child in their room or when the teacher sends a child to the principal's office and he's sitting there by himself waiting while everyone knows that he has misbehaved and he's been picked on, you know, he gets picked on because he's pointed out that you have been a bad person. This only makes the child feel more angry, I think, inside. No one's really reaching out and trying to help them figure out what really is wrong with them. Instead, I think we should ask ourselves, what exactly is happening to my little boy emotionally when he acts out or misbehaves? What does my teen really need from me when he becomes loud? Will he really benefit from being sent to his room where he is all alone? How will our child feel when he is taken out of the classroom and sent to sit alone in the office? Are we really helping the situation or when we isolate them, are we making things worse? I know that for an adult, I've acted out a few times and it's because I was in another country and I didn't know the language and I had to express myself and say, I need to use the bathroom. I need to get something to eat. I did have my husband who knew the language, but I wanted to see if I could express myself on my own. And it wasn't like I was trying to be difficult. I didn't have the language to express myself. So I acted out. So this acting out might not necessarily be a bad thing. Moms out there, I know it hurts to be disrespected and unappreciated by your child, but you know what? As moms, we have always been used and taken advantage of. The reason why we feel it now more than ever is that we no longer have a strong bond with which we once had with our child. Do you remember when they were a little baby? Not so long ago, we felt really close to them and we allowed them to easily take take us for granted. You guys all remember the sleepless nights when your baby would, would wake you up 
for many, many times and all the diaper changes and the baths and the running around and, and all the taking care of them, all the physical pain that we endured, we were abused, but we allowed it because the love that we showed our baby, they reciprocated that love back to us. And now it hurts because as our children are older, they're not showing us that love. I had to take a deep breath and step back a minute and look at the situation for what it really is. And I really want you moms to do the same. Your little girl has not become a bad girl. When you put your child in time out or send him to his room, you forget that you are pushing your child away and harming your relationship with him. And when you push them away, remember, they still need someone to talk to, someone who will listen to them, someone who will show them love. They will either connect with their friend the next day at school or they will do it immediately through cell phones or emails or anything else. So without realizing it, we are harming our relationship with our child one step at a time slowly. Just think about it. Your teen son does not hate you. They're just doing what comes naturally to them. They are interest, interacting with people they feel attached to and care about. Your child is attached to her peers, her friends at school, the people who she spends the most time with. This is not about your child being good or bad. This is all about the primary attachment relationship. Do you remember when you were the primary person she was close to, attached to, when she was just a little baby, a toddler? She wouldn't even let go of your hand. She wouldn't even let us put her down. How did this attachment from us change to her friends? I think the most important thing is when we reconnect with them at the end of the day. You know, um, I usually, I don't realize it, but I run into the house with groceries in my hands. And the first thing I want to do is yell at my son and say, come help me because I'm so exhausted. But I need to stop and not give him some sort of advice or command or um, question him or anything else. The first thing I should do is get their attention and try to reconnect. And that's easily done by saying assalamu alaikum and smiling we know that smiling is so contagious and we know that we should always um, say hello and assalamu alaikum the first thing we meet someone get their eye contact make sure they acknowledge us it makes every every situation so much nicer in the mornings when i walk in the park and i come across all others who are hiking and walking I don't know them and I don't know if they're pleasant or nice, but the minute I say good morning and smile, it just breaks the ice between us and we're, we're comfortable people, comfortable neighbors all of a sudden that would help each other. It takes um, a relationship that I don't know you and I could potentially want to harm you to, I know you, you're my friend, you're my neighbor. Imagine what this smile and greeting does to your child. It brings him back. It reminds him that you love him, that he loves you, that you are, you have such a wonderful relationship. And so for teenagers, yes, it is difficult to go one step further and give them a hug or whatever. It depends on their emotional situation. But please don't forget the first thing when you see them, 
to smile and to say assalamu alaikum the prophet not only emphasized on the beautiful blessings and benefits of smiling which we know is one contagious even more than a sneeze um a sneeze i mean a yawn but um it's it's really contagious the other day my son was telling me that if you're angry you should force yourself to smile for 20 seconds and then you'll have you'll be in a happier mood i tried it and it actually really works so he's the prophet wasallam spoke about smiling but he also spoke about turning your whole body and speaking to the person and giving them your undivided attention and i'm sure he did that wasallam, to his kids more than anyone else he loved fatima radiallahu and all his children and fatima radiallahu loved him also because at a young age of i believe nine or seven she defended the prophet when he was in sujood and the um the people who didn't like him threw all kinds of animal um, intestines on him and she defended him and she took it off of him and she was in tears so imagine the love of the child for the parent we want that same love from our children but we need to first make the effort and connect with them the first time minute we see the minute we see them we smile and we say assalamu alaikum and just make sure that they see us trust me smile is contagious inshallah this reconnection becomes even more crucial when we have um, had a fight or an argument with our child. Our children are not mature enough to understand the need for it, so we need to take the initiative and do it. We can't assume that they're okay now and have forgiven us if we've done something wrong or if there's been some sort of disagreement between us. We should be the first one to make that effort and say, listen, I know we've had a few words that are loud, but I still love you. And if you've done something wrong, I'm really sorry for what I've done. We all make mistakes. We need to make us set an example for our kids so they can be better individuals. Once we have gotten their attention through greeting and smile, we need, if we want to attach our child to us slowly, we need to find their interest. In order to engage a child's attachment instinct, we need to offer them something to hold on to, something to attach to. to. This will help form an emotional connection with them. For infants and babies, it's usually holding their hands. But for older kids, it might ne not necessarily be a physical grasp of the hand, but giving them something hold to hold on to and connecting, having them connect to us. Something that um, tells them that they matter to me. Something that <clears throat> tells them that I want them to be invited in my presence exactly the way they are, not the way I want them, not the way I expect them. And this can occur with, an, if your child is emotionally okay, with a hug or a kiss or a tussle of the hair or just a pat on the back. But if a child or a teen is not okay with that kind of touching then maybe just pointing out something that you both have interest in to connect with them sort of like we have the same interest of food guess what we're having lasagna tonight you and my favorite dish or anything like that 
I think as our teens get older, our kids get older, we forget or we underestimate the importance of individual time. We usually allow ourselves to give our little kids the time that they need. We think that, you know, I think that my toddler needs a lot of time to talk to, to explain things to him so he can understand. But this needs to be continued throughout the years. Our teenager, our young adult needs this individual time just as much as our younger child. This is especially needed, I think, for when we have multiple kids at home because when you have all of your kids together in a room um, speaking to each other, we don't see the individual child for who they really are. They only interact with us depending on how they need to act as long as their sister who's there, their brother who's there, just kind of flow with, you know, go with the flow. But when you give your child, each child, their individual time for 20 minutes, this doesn't have to be a long time. It doesn't have to be outside of the house. It's actually better to do it daily. Whenever you can, you just turn your face, reach over and ask them something, talk to them about something, be curious about what they're doing, allow them to express um, themselves when they're comfortable. It, it, you know, it, it allow them to tell you what's going on and continue this individual time throughout. They will appreciate it and you'll see a huge difference when we give our child our undivided attention, we are ma making a lasting impression in their hearts one day at a time. And you'd be surprised what a huge difference it makes, um, even the one time you do it. But I would suggest you continue throughout. Sometimes I think we forget that we are our child's guide. We assume that when our children are tech savvy and they know how to use a cell phone better than we do, they know how to download stuff, they know how to work a computer, they can actually fix our computers and our cell phones. We assume that they don't need our guidance, but you know what, moms? We are their guide. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us as their guide. There are things that they need. There are many things that they need from us that we need to teach them. Do not ever underestimate the fact that your wisdom and your um, being alive for a long time and having gone through so many different experiences is a huge um, need for them and, and so valuable for them. For example, when you are going somewhere or you've planned something for the weekend or you know someone that can help your child, let them know. Let them know what your plans are. Let them know what's going on all the time. Giving, Give them a heads up. We're going to such and such, you know, your cousin's house this weekend. Make sure you take this. This is, these are the people you will see. These, um, these are the new people you will meet. If you go to an event, make sure you speak to this person who will help you those are that's the way you guide your child because you know um, what needs to be done and also another way of guiding your child is to let them know that they are really special that they have an amazing gift that they have what it takes to do uh, things that 
they actually don't believe they do. You, should, you need to let them know that there is so much value and so much creativity in them and that you see it. Sometimes your child will not see it and he needs you to point that out so he can feel inspired. He can feel um, motivated. He can feel like he can do it and he can succeed. So these are the ways we can guide them. And I'm sure if you really listen to your inner self, you will know what to say and how to say it. Knowing and downloading a lot of information does not equate to having the maturity to understanding how the world really works. They are still young and they require your parenting through gentle guidance. Another thing is that remember as your children get older, they will want to hang out with their friends more often. Um, and you want that to occur in your home. So make sure that your home is a place of welcome, is a place where your kids are uh, able to bring their friends. Make sure you have tons of uh, their favorite foods and snacks available in the fridge or around the house when they are home. Make this place comfortable for and welcoming to your children's friends. Not only because that's how you want it, but because you need to know what's going on. You need to know who their primary attachment is right now. You need to figure out if it's a good influence or if it's not and what you what steps you need to take afterwards. Um, you need to be that parent who is um, a, a really great, not fun, not just fun and cool parent, but a parent who helps and listens to your child and his friends or her friends and their problems and their curiosities and their concerns and their worries. In this way, you are reconnecting with your child and you are winning their trust and being a part of their life. But remember that your child has a very strong relationship with their peers and we have to compete with this relationship whether you like it or not. A person can only have one primary attachment and at the moment you are not that person but you can work to regain a place in their life. When your child chooses to break a rule um, that you have placed or pushes the limit on their adab with you. Um, they will test your limits for sure. They will push the boundaries. At that point, you need to be the parent and take away privileges. You are still the one in charge and they are still in need of parenting. These privileges can be limiting their time on their cell phones and their screens and importantly their time with their friends. I believe that having a charging station in my bedroom at night and taking all the cell phones away is probably the healthiest rule that I have set in my home um, because all of my kids know that the charging station is there. They put their phones there. Um, and then if they get a cell phone text or a call from their friends after hours in the middle of the night, even if it's considered so-called emergency, my kids need their sleep. My kids need their time um, to just be okay and not worry about other people's concerns. And that emergency might not necessarily be an emergency. So it's nice for my child to be able to go to school and tell their friend, I'm sorry, but we have a rule and my really mean mom will not allow me to hold on to my phone and I can't pick up your, you know, I didn't know about your text. And then that's it. It's done with.
So if your child has abused your goodness, they probably should be grounded and kept home on the weekend, uh, definitely on the uh, in the evenings because it's school nights. There can be a lot of good that comes from keeping them home and being grounded. One is that you are detaching them from what is causing their misbehavior, at least temporarily. And in that time, please take the opportunity to reconnect with your child. Do not just allow them to sit around the house complaining. Make sure you spend this time with them. It would be ideal if we take them out of the house so as not to, so as to stay away from all the distractions, the TV, the computer, the cell phones, the moping around. A different atmosphere will also change the redundant conversations you have with your kids. Um, a short, a short last-minute road trip with the family is a great idea on the weekend. If for for any concern, if you can only take one Saturday off, then going on a long walk in a state park and having a picnic afterwards would work out really well. I think spending time outdoors is a great idea to reconnect because it makes everyone feel grounded and happy and a lot of de-stressing can occur within a short period of time, not just for your kids, but for yourself as well. Moms out there, I know how you're feeling when you say you don't know your child anymore, when you're frustrated with um, the way they are and that they are not connecting with you anymore. I hear your words and I feel your pain because I have gone through the same thing. There is hope and solution to bringing back your kids, bringing back what they used to be, the happy, beautiful human beings they that you brought to this world. The Prophet wasallam, loved children and loved spending quality time with them. He spent many years with um, Anas who and Abu Umair, his little brother, and many other children around the Prophet His seerah is filled with captivating stories of the importance and the love he had for children. We can regain our loving relationship with our child. It will take time, patience, and effort on your part. It will also take believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking him for his mercy and his guidance to accomplish this because we all know there's nothing we can do without Allah. So please don't forget your special appointment in speaking with your Lord when making dua. I pray that all these ideas can help you in your relationship with your beloved children. Assalamu alaikum. tell you guys something very personal. Many, many years ago, I was in a lot of pain and sick. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do anything. And when I went to the conventional doctors, all they did was load me up with tons of medication, which did absolutely no good. You see, I'm not a doctor, but I've taken many classes on natural ways of healing. And I realized through the Prophet Wasallam's example, our body needs nourishment in order to find balance. And our bodies are off balance. So I slowly made changes into my diet and into my lifestyle. And Alhamdulillah, not only did I recover, but I was healed. And so when something like that amazing happens, 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you another chance all you want to do is tell everyone about it so this is why I was compelled to open up my podcast start my website you know go on TikTok and just let everyone know so if you feel like you're going through similar issues sign up for a discovery call with me at malihamahmood.com you never know what has helped me might help you thank you for joining me Maliha Mahmood on Muslim Health Talk please do check us out we're on Twitter, Instagram and our website muslimhealthtalk.com Assalamu alaikum 